Welcome to the Way of Crypto. I'm your host, Nathan. Today's date is June 16th, 2022. Time of this recording, 12.04 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, only matters for time-sensitive stuff such as market info and the Greed and Fear Index, uh, which, speaking of, is uh, quite the thing right now. Uh, lots of news going on today. Uh, some follow-ups to the stories on Russia we had yesterday. A uh, little bit more in uh, Bitcoin Crypto and Alex Mashinsky, that little few that's going on. It seems to be uh, a little personal, I guess, uh, is my interpretation of it. Uh, and more on today's show. Let's get into the market stuff. Speaking of greed and fear being a thing uh, right now we're looking at a seven. It's the lowest I've ever seen it. Extreme fear has taken hold. Extreme, extreme fear, I guess you could call it, has taken hold in the markets, not just crypto, uh, all markets. There was a little bit of a rally after that. Uh, the 0.75 uh, interest rate hike, that's what the markets had priced in. That's what they're expecting. I think that's what people were actually hoping for. Uh, it, it's kind of outside the norms of the last few FOMC meetings where there's been a negative reaction to interest rates rate hikes. I think after the uh, the CPI index report, last uh, the last one there, I think it was 8.6% interest on the CPI index. I think after that, uh, everyone just wants this nipped in the butt and wants the market actually seems to want and higher interest rate now so uh, it can actually bring down inflation because these 0 0.25, 0 0.50 interest rate hikes uh, are just going to stretch this out. So a lot of people are thinking about this as ripping off a Band-Aid, and I myself agree. Uh, why not just hike it immediately to whatever the final interest rate hike is, 3%, let the economy uh, really suffer for a short period of time instead of slowly suffering over a long period of time. Uh, let's just get it over with. Interest, or hike the interest rates, get her done, uh, and then we can bring down inflation and then move on. Uh, but a 0.75% interest rate hike is uh, good. I think uh, the markets reflected that it's good with a very small rally. I wouldn't even call it a rally. I know lots of people are, uh, but we saw a little bit of green. I guess what it was was the prices didn't go down further. Um, and we saw a little bit of green yesterday after the FOMC meeting, which is not always the norm. A lot of times it's uh, as Jerome Powell is speaking, you can watch the market crashing. So uh, good for Jerome Powell. He kept the markets together yesterday and then also increased by 0.75 percent uh, interest rate hike. And maybe we'll see inflation come down later um, later in the year because they were kind of pushing ahead. And uh, being more aggressive with the interest rate hikes, I think the uncertainty of just waiting on that CPI index to come back every month is uh, what's causing this downturn right now because everyone's waiting for the next one. So the last one was 8.6. Next one's like, if it's higher than that, it's going to be uh, red in Bitcoin. It's going to break that 20,000, I think. And we're going to sink a little. Uh, a little bit of follow-up on the Alex Mashinsky and Bitboy Crypto. Bitboy Crypto is kind of going wild on Twitter yesterday. Posting about Alex Mashinsky, which of those of you that don't know, the CEO to uh, Celsius, which has been all over the news lately for freezing people's withdrawals and uh, on the brink of liquidation. And everyone 
lots and lots and lots of people trusted in new celsius and they're all on the brink of losing their funds maybe we don't know yet um so uh bitboy crypto contacted his account manager at celsius i think i actually think i think he's trying to jump the line a little bit i think he's trying to contact his account manager because uh bitboy crypto said he has i'll refer to him as ben armstrong <laughs> other than uh bitboy i guess uh, so Ben ha- actually has $3 million locked up in Celsius, which he confided into his audience yesterday. And uh, I think he actually tried to get it removed by contacting Celsius directly using the power that he has uh, as a crypto influencer, I guess you could call him, to get those funds, get access to those funds while others couldn't. Pretty sure he got shut down just like everyone else and then went on his Twitter rampage is what it seems like to me. Um, I like I like Bitboy Crypto. I actually find – I know everyone kind of laughs and says what do the opposite of what he says. However, that's not correct. He's, uh, he's right a ton, a, a lot. He's right a lot. Yes, he has shield for tokens. Lots of people have. He is right really often. Um, he has – does have a ton of experience, more than most – in the crypto space, he has some knowledge to give. However, this seemed like he was trying to jump the line, get his cash out of Celsius, got denied, no response back, and then had a bit of a Twitter uh, Twitter battle, I guess you'd call, with his account manager and uh, Celsius and Alex Mashinsky all on uh, on Twitter yesterday morning. And uh, so far, we still don't know. There was, I did get an email from Celsius. I haven't even read it. I'm waiting to see what plays out. I don't care what they say. I just want to see what happens. Um, and as far as I know, no one's had, no one's getting their money as of yet. It looks like they will not be liquidated on their loan they have. They put up enough collateral, probably using people's assets uh, that store their money on Celsius to put up as collateral, which is kind of what it seems like has happened. Um, but we don't know. Uh, it's only kind of, we can only talk about what we think because we don't know. We're not executives on the board. They're being very secretive, uh, non-transparent. What they say is happening uh, is not going to be what is actually happening because uh, it doesn't look like they're in a rush to get people's money back. It looks like they're in a rush to stop from being liquidated, which in turn will help them pay their uh, pay their account holders down the road. If they get liquidated, everyone's done. So they are using everyone's funds, what it appears to be, to not get liquidated. Um, that's what it looks like is going on right now. We'll move on less Celsius stuff from now on. I believe a follow-up to the Russia story. Uh, so yesterday, they banned crypto assets, digital assets, as payment methods within Russia, uh, making it illegal for people like you and me, if we were Russian citizens, to transact in digital assets. However, they have backed uh, cross-border crypto payments for domestic trade. So this is rules for rules for thee, not for me. Uh, they are going to continue con- uh, settling payment in cryptocurrency digital assets on an international basis. We talked a little bit yesterday whether it was good or bad for them to ban crypto, for Russia to ban crypto, because if Russia isn't using it, it's harder for North American or NATO allies to demonize it on the basis that Russia is using it. 
obviously, right? Common sense would say that is true. Uh, however, they are banning it for in-country payments, but not for cross-border payments. But anyways, let's get into the article here. Chris, cryptocurrencies can be used in cross-border or international payments only if they don't get into so Russia's domestic financial system. Whoops, sorry about that. But for the time uh, being, I'm going to refer. Pause. There we go. Yes, the financial system, the Bank of Russia's governor said. So there, I think it looks like they're actually clearing up on uh, what they want for crypto here. Russia's central bank governor, Elvira Neb... Oh, I can't say this name. Nebulina is... That's kind of a neat name, actually. Elvira Nebulina uh, is the latest official to confirm that the country is warming to the idea of cryptocurrency payments, but not domestic ones. Uh, understandably so. So the Russia ruble... Uh, if you're in the, uh, if you desire to protect your own, the uh, ruble has been getting crushed earlier in the uh, earlier in the winter during the invasion. It dropped to an all-time low, I think, not seen since World War II. Uh, it did quickly recover, and uh, it, the Russian ruble is doing just fine right now. Um, however, they just want to keep it fine here, uh, according to Nebulina. Cryptocurrencies can be used in cross-border or international payments. Only if they don't get into Russia's domestic financial system. The digital currency should not be used as payment on platforms inside Russia. The Bank of Russia's governor said in an interview with local news agency RBC. That is probably the Russia Broadcasting something here, uh, corporation. That is why cryptocurrency prices are too unstable or volatile, thus risky for retail investors, Nabula argued, stating. This is in quotes. Cryptocurrency should not be traded or organized marketplaces because these assets are too volatile, risky for potential investors. I really hate when other adults want to tell when adults want to tell other adults what they're allowed to invest in, what they feel like is too risky for them to invest in. Isn't it odd that some people think they actually have a personal authority over others to tell them? Uh, what they should be able to put their money into. It's uh, quite the complex that people actually have that uh, thought. And they, they believe that they have the, uh, the will is the wrong word, the uh, fortitude to tell others what they can do, uh, that they don't know what's best for themselves and that they know what's best for them instead. Um, anyways, uh, Nebulina went on to say that digital assets must comply with all, all requirements and policies created to protect investors. As such, all assets that are listed on an exchange must have an emission prospectus and a responsible person, as well as comply with information disclose requirements. Hmm. The governor previously called on government to focus on encouraging the development of digital assets projects that are being issued by a responsible person in April. She contrasted such a vision to private cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin, which don't have one responsible party, while Bitcoin creator has not been identified at all. I'm trying to like understand... Um, she does not like Bitcoin because it's too decentralized, which is Bitcoin's impossible to control. So uh, they can ban Bitcoin or um, you can't, I guess the better way to describe it is you can't put a central, a C, you can't put the CEO of Bitcoin in jail because there isn't a CEO of Bitcoin. And anyone that can download 
any open source software on any electronic device has the ability to use a Bitcoin network without uh, anyone's government having any say about it. And she doesn't like that. And they want to move to centralized digital currencies. Um, I think it's just kind of looks like what they, what they want, <laughs> what they want in a digital asset is a CBDC is what they want. They want a, a digital currency issued by the uh, Russian government is what it looks like. Um, and not that Russia is alone in this. I think a lot of countries want a CBDC. Uh, we're going to have a quick look at the market. So the time is 12.18 p.m. Bitcoin down 2% on the 24-hour. Bitcoin is at 20,931. Uh, so just below that 21,000 mark. Ethereum, uh, Ethereum, I wouldn't say is down, but $1,116. It is down 38% on the seven-day. Uh, I guess it's down 1% on the 24-hour. BNB is holding strong at 214. Cardano is at 48 cents, up 2% on the 24 hours, so I wouldn't say up. Solana is holding strong, 31 cents. Solana is at 30 bucks, up 5%. Uh, wow, Solana is suffering, isn't it? Uh, down to 30 bucks. That's quite a buy, maybe, unless it goes away, because you never know, right? Like, uh, wow, that's quite a buy. I I think, anyways, uh, not financial advice. Dogecoin is at five cents down, or uh, sorry, up three point seven three percent, and DOT is holding strong at seven dollars thirty four cents. Where's Tron? There it is. Uh, so some news on Tron. They've injected some money somewhere. I don't really care about Tron. I find it a little shady. Don't talk about it much. It seems like it goes up from maybe even a founder pumping money into it. Uh, just my thoughts. Uh, your Mileage may vary, and I'm sure you can make money uh, buying, selling, trading Tron. Uh, however, it just seems a little sketchy, and uh, it is up 7% on the 24-hour, down 26% on the 7-day. Shiba, we're looking at a 1.5%. AVAX, 1.8% uh, up. Both those are up 24 on the 24-hour. Uh, so markets are pretty medium, not a lot of action. Um Solana is rallying a little bit, I guess, today, but the prices, uh, Solana seems very undervalued at that. I know it's only down 23%, but just looking at that $3 price tag, it's just like, uh, it's hard to believe. It's like, um, it's crazy times we're living in. All right, so banking issues 56, banking uses 56 more times. Let me rephrase this sentence here. Uh, banking uses 56 times more energy than Bitcoin. Uh, yeah, it does. And we've said this many, many times. And the U.S. dollar alone uses uh, way, way more energy than Bitcoin that is mined worldwide. And that's in one country. Analysts of Bitcoin's proof of work and Lightning Network exposes the banking system as energy hungry, demonstrating that Bitcoin is better for the planet. Fresh figures on Bitcoin's energy consumption, efficiency, and scalability serve to expose the banking sector while bathing the world's largest cryptocurrency in a new light. A research report published by Michael Kazaka, an IT engineer, crypto cryptographer, and consultant, calculates that Bitcoin payments are a million times more efficient than the legal financial, the legacy financial system. Yeah, this is true, especially for the Lightning Network. 
uh, the Lightning, Lightning Network is the best payment rails in the world right now, bar, bar none, and uh, runs on the runs on with Bitcoin. Uh, plus, the banking sector uses 56 times more energy than Bitcoin. The report, the report compiles almost four years of research and suggests a new calculation for estimating Bitcoin's proof-of-work energy consumption. In an interview, Kazaka told Cointelegraph, this is in quotations, uh, Bitcoin Lightning and Bitcoin in general are really great and very efficient technological solutions that deserve to be adopted on a large scale. This invention is brilliant enough, efficient enough, and powerful enough to get mass adoption. Kazaka, who founded Payments Consultancy Value Chain in late 2021, proposed an alternative to energy estimates provided by Cambridge Bitcoin Electricity Consumption Index. That was a mouthful. This is called the CBECI. The index, often cited by Cointelegraph estimates, that Bitcoin consumes roughly 122 terawatts per hour. Taking into account the average lifespan of Bitcoin mining machines, as well as the rate of which new IT machines materials are created, Kazaka suggests that Bitcoin consumes 88.95 terawatts per year, considerably less than the Cambridge's estimates. Um, and uh, I've said it before, and I will say it again that I don't even think it really matters how much Bitcoin's energy consumes, because Bitcoin's energy consumption promotes green energy and uh, more efficient energy because it is the only system in the world that is paid for by private enterprise and they have a uh, the reason to improve their mining and the reason to go green and more efficient is to improve their bottom line improve their profit margin which is a necessary evil in the uh, in the world we all live in the real world right uh, the incentives are monetary always, and uh, Bitcoin mining is the ultimate monetary incentive incentivizer for green energy. So it doesn't matter how much energy Bitcoin does consume, the more it consumes, the more it's going to incentivize uh, moving the world more towards uh, more efficient green energy because that's what's going to allow Bitcoin miners to make more money uh, instead of relying on uh, – the banking system to find ways. Why would the banking, the banking system has no incentive to make their, uh, for instance, the U S dollar has no incentive to make the U S dollar more energy efficient. I think we can all agree on that. Bitcoin miners have all the motivation to make Bitcoin mining more efficient. That's the difference between the two. As far as the future, uh, is going to look for financial, the financial side, energy consumption and green energy. Bitcoin's going to bring it in. And again, it doesn't matter how much energy Bitcoin consumes, Bitcoin consumes, it will um, lead the way and pave the way for a green energy uh, future. I think that is going to wrap it up. There was one small article. It's titled Cheaper Than It Looks. This is by Cointelegraph. Cheaper Than It Looks, Fidelity executives say Bitcoin undervalued and oversold. I think we all agree on that. Uh, Anthony Popolino, Pomp, for those that watch him on YouTube and Twitter, made similar remarks on Monday, noting that Bitcoin's value and price are diverging and that weak hands are selling to strong hands. And uh, couldn't agree more. Bitcoin is undervalued. Uh, I think fair market value for Bitcoin is around 40,000 US. It's like half that right now. It's an easy 2x. Um, and uh, now is quite the opportunity, isn't it?
but uh, you have to have dry powder on the sidelines for things like this. And you can't buy all the dips because you just run out of money unless you're uh, unless you're really calling tops and bottoms and then selling uh, selling on the uh, upward selling on the upward um, movements, which is hard to do, right? So it's hard to have dry powder always available on the sidelines. But if you have some, oof, now's a great time to deploy. Not financial advice, of course. But if you just use a little common sense, Bitcoin has, has uh, those numbers go up technology um, due to its scarcity and it's having. And they're only being 21 million and most are, most are already owned. Most Bitcoins are already owned. So um, you have to do your risk assessment and looking at today's price, oof, it's good. And greed and fear is at a seven. How much lower is this going to go? How much lower is it going to go than a seven? Be interesting to watch. I think um, today is looking okay. So I think tomorrow we'll, maybe we'll break back into double digits and it'll be 10 again. But uh, we'll see. At the time, Bitcoin time moves slow and it also moves fast. So it's, yes, right now it's 12, 26 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. By the time you listen to this podcast, at whatever time you listen to, 8 p.m. tonight, uh, 2 in the morning, Bitcoin could be dumping or it could be uh, rallying like crazy. Goes Bitcoin's volatile on both ways. And uh, the benefit to Bitcoin over money and storing your value in uh, Bitcoin over a dollar is you get short-term volatility, sure, for long-term growth. If you look at a Bitcoin chart, they're available. You can look at a Bitcoin chart, look at the long-term growth, and it's undeniable. And you're trading that for um, short-term stability in a dollar and long-term decline due to inflation. Uh, CPI numbers, uh, 8%, it's probably quite a bit more than that. So you have 1000 bucks, and you're losing 90 bucks a year, year over year. You have Bitcoin, yeah, you could have 1000 bucks. You go down for to five hundred or two hundred fifty or a hundred dollars in the short term, but over uh, the long term, if you have a four year outlook, uh, you have always growth, always. So that's how I look at it, uh, and that'll be it for today's show. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you are listening on Spotify, please give us a follow and a review. And if you're listening on listening on Apple Podcasts, please give us a subscribe and a review. Same thing, uh, no matter what platform you're listening on, please subscribe, leave a review for us. We're a very small podcast and uh, growing. So uh, any kind of feedback that you give helps us grow, and I like to read it. Uh, Thanks for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow for a Friday show. Have a great day. Bye-bye.